the name of the Father, and the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. Fellow redeemed, when you think of Jesus' triumphal entry into Jerusalem, what comes to your mind? Well, more than likely, the first thing is Jesus riding into Jerusalem on a donkey, on that first day of Holy Week. But then you have everything else that goes along with it. You have the crowd spreading their cloaks on the road. You have others cutting down palm branches and spreading them on the road. You have the crowd shouting, Hosanna, blessed is he who comes in the name of the Lord, even the King of Israel. And when we think of Jesus' triumphal entry, we certainly see this as a joyous scene. Right? As Jesus, the promised Messiah, humbly comes to save his people from their sins. Well, the gospel for this day immediately follows this event. And you'll quickly notice that it's anything but joyous. And instead of of shouts and cheers, you have tears, weeping. You hear of destruction and death. When Jesus drew near and saw Jerusalem, he wept over it. Now when we hear this, it's important to understand that these tears weren't just a few tears. This weeping by Jesus was a full-on lament, a deep cry of sorrow and pain. Jesus is in such pain for his city that he struggles to speak these words. Would that you, even you, had known on this day the things that make for peace. Now when we hear this word, peace, our minds are usually quickly drawn to earthly matters, aren't they? We think of Warring countries, maybe uh, warring political parties, maybe even difficulties in families. The face of these issues, maybe we're, we're thinking of financial problems or, or health troubles that come up in our lives. And in the face of all these issues, we desire resolution so that we may have peace, peace around us, Peace in our communities, even peace in our lives. And yet the peace that Jesus is speaking of is different. The peace that Jesus speaks of is the peace that's between God and man. Now because of sin, we were turned away from God. Turn towards every evil. Because of sin, we're enemies of God. And yet, through the blood of Christ, there's forgiveness of sins, and now there is peace. Peace between God and man. God be praised for that. And now, in our text, we see that Jesus, as God in human flesh, has visited. He has come to his own in the flesh to bring them peace. Which comes through his cross. This is the thing that makes for peace. And yet Jesus weeps. Would 
that you, even you, had known on this day the things that make for peace, but now they are hidden from your eyes. Jesus weeps because while he was with his people in the flesh, teaching them, healing them, bringing them the forgiveness that they needed, they rejected their Messiah. They rejected their Savior. We hear this in that the chief priests and the scribes and the principal men of the people were seeking to destroy him. They wanted to kill Jesus because they didn't believe they needed the eternal salvation that he brought. They believed that they could merit peace with God through their heritage, through their good works, through their good intentions. But they rejected their God. Their Savior. Not knowing that which brought them true peace with God, Jesus wept bitterly over their unbelief. To his tears over this unbelief, Jesus also speaks words of judgment, of destruction. For the days will come upon you when your enemies will set up a barricade around you and surround you and hem you in on every side. And tear you down to the ground, you and your children within you. They will not leave one stone upon another in you, because you did not know the time of your visitation. Jesus' words here are prophetic. He's speaking of what would be fulfilled in 70 AD as the Roman army would surround Jerusalem. They would lay siege to her. They would destroy the city to the point not one stone would be left upon another. Hundreds of thousands of people would die from fighting, starvation, and disease. And tens of thousands would be led away in slavery. On account of their unbelief, God would destroy Jerusalem. Now, this destruction of Jerusalem stands as a warning of God's judgment upon unbelief. It stands as a warning to those who have God's word and yet disregard it or despise it or take it for granted or ultimately don't trust it. And in our very flesh, we too are tempted by this. And yet we must be on guard against every sin, but especially against the sin of despising God's word, or becoming bored with it, or becoming lazy with it. The word of God is the only medicine by which our infirmed souls can be restored to health. And yet if a person rejects this medicine that God prescribes, well, then death isn't far behind them. Even if it appears to be a little delayed, like it was for the city of Jerusalem. The gospel for this day goes on to say, And Jesus entered the temple and began to drive out those who sold, saying to them, It is written, My house shall be a house of prayer, but you have made it a den of robbers. 
from weeping over Jerusalem, Jesus moves forward to the temple and cleanses it. Now, when you see these two things side by side, they seem kind of opposed to each other, and yet they're not. They really go together. The glory of Jerusalem was in the temple. It's in the temple where God promised to meet his people. And yet, how can a holy God who hates sin and promises to punish sinners, how can God come to sinners in love without punishing them? It's only through the shedding of blood. The temple signifies peace because this is where the sacrificial blood was shed and God's anger against sinners was removed. And yet all the blood of bulls and goats and lambs pointed forward to something greater. It pointed to Jesus, whose holy and precious blood would bring everlasting peace. And in the face of unbelief, the unbelief that surrounded him, Jesus continued to move forward to the cross in mercy for the sinful, dying world. In love, he was willing to do what no one else could do. As true God and human flesh, Jesus bore in his flesh the full burden of your sin. He bore in his flesh the weight and judgment of the law. He bore in his flesh the condemnation of hell. And God's plan of salvation would be completed as Jesus beautifully and wonderfully proclaims from the cross, It is finished. Fellow redeemed, Do you know the time of your visitation? Do you know the things that make for peace, true peace, between God and man? Well, you do. Think what took place in the waters of holy baptism. There the triune God put his name upon you. And this washing of rebirth isn't something that you did, but God did it for you. And these baptismal waters still cover you this very day. It doesn't offer some sort of false security, but as Scripture proclaims, baptism covers you with Christ. You're buried with Him into His death and raised to newness of life, just as He was. Do you know the time of your visitation? Well, it's at work for you this very day. For it's not that you were baptized, something that happened in the past, but that you are baptized. You are this day a baptized child of Christ. Do you know the time of your visitation? Do you know the things that make for peace? Well, Jesus, who overturned tables in the temple, Thousands of years ago, he sets a table here for you today. The sacrament of the altar. And here the living Christ serves you his very body, his very blood, which was sacrificed for the sins of the world. And it's this very body and blood 
that brings you peace. Peace of sins forgiven. Fellow redeemed, we need to continue to recognize and receive our Lord's visitation through His means of grace, through His word and sacrament. The ongoing struggle against sin in the old Adam is real. It's ongoing. And the continuous effort by the devil to separate us from Jesus and his peace demands we take this seriously. The devil wants you to believe that you can have enough Jesus. That you don't need any more of his visitation. That we can use our time for other things and we'll be just fine. But that path leads us away from Jesus. Away from his forgiveness. Away from his peace. And the peace and forgiveness that only he can give. So let us continue to receive the saving visitation of Christ. Through his word and sacrament. You know the things that make for peace. True and lasting peace. And it's a peace that the world cannot give to you. And because you have this forgiveness and peace, we share it with others. What we say and what we do. We forgive others because God in Christ Jesus has forgiven us. We seek peace with others because God in Christ Jesus has given us His peace. Peace through the blood of Jesus. And we help others. Because God has visited us with his love, even when we had no right to expect it. Amen. Peace of God, which passes all understanding, keep your hearts and minds in Christ Jesus our Lord.